Hello, people of Earth. This is Tesco with Rip Kenny and Trap Jesus, and you're listening to the uh, Human Music Podcast. Woo! Hmm. Human Music Podcast. I like it. Hey, humans! What's up, everybody? It's the Human Music Podcast. Hit that air horn, because we're humans, and that's what we like best. Have y'all Yo, used a rave horn in your music? Not once. Only for shits. Like, like I've never used no, it moderately. Music. It's always been like 20 air horns. Like, let's see if we can make a song with just air horns. Challenge <laughs> 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 for the podcast. Fucking. That could be a good episode. Make a song only out of rave horns. <laughs> I don't know if y'all listeners have noticed this, but we've come up with a lot of challenges and have delivered on zero of them. No, don't, don't tell them. <laughs> no, they're on our uh, exclusive Patreon for. Uh, one ninety seven a month. You could watch us make all the popular hits from air horns only. <sighs> okay. Well, <laughs> now you now you've done it. Now you you've you've I've spoken it into existence. You've you've <laughs> pulled the veil back. People have seen that we have been very very thinly promised on, on the delivery of our fucking challenges. Maybe we should actually do one. We're challenged, challenged, man. <laughs> Actually, not true. We did have one challenge that was do that bleep bloop thing, and I I actually tried it. True. Okay, okay, you got you got us there. You come up with the challenges usually, and so far you are the only one of the three of us that has done anything about them. Uh, so the I will give you that. Points. Damn, called out. Oops. Like I um, no, I think I called us out. Yeah, um, never ever following through on the challenges. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, music producer problems for real though, right? Like we are perpetually working on way too many things at once, meaning to go back and finish so many things. Also, starting a fucking podcast and, <laughs> and then trying to get along with a normal job and a music produ- producer teaching job. And oh boy, sometimes shit falls through the cracks. Yeah. What's, what's, what's currently down between the couch cushions of life for you guys right now? Shoes just hit me up today, like, yo, man, you ever record that vocal you wrote for that song? that you said you finished writing a month and a half ago like oh thanks for the reminder buddy i'll do that after the podcast taping tonight Ooh. that's right next to all the podcast challenges that I've <laughs> oh no i actually wrote that shit i just never bothered recording it i never i never started any of the podcast challenge songs <laughs> that's how it goes oh, man honestly well, i've been neglecting going outside <laughs> i got my walk too and sometimes from work but it's been raining hard here. We had like a tornado warning the other day. We've been getting hailstorms in June. It's just been crazy here in Calgary, man. So sometimes I don't even get to walk home from work. And then podcasts, working on music, lessons, all that shit. Like I need to get that vitamin D, you know, like that organic, locally sourced C- C-137 vitamin D. <laughs> locally sourced from 93 <laughs> million. Million miles away. Yeah. Right in the neighborhood. 
didn't even have to leave the solar system for it. Man, it's so hard. It, it feels like even with that, there's so much shit that gets left on the back burner. Like, I feel like you ha- have to actively push things into the couch cushion and and shift up your priorities priorities every once in a while. Otherwise, yeah, it's just never going to happen. It's yeah. never an end goal. There's, there's a few projects that I've got going on, like, you know, ongoing ventures with people that they kind of fell off. And I was like, oh, thank God. I'm not going to mention it until they do. Because <laughs> when they're ready, maybe I'll have a sliver of time to give them. But as long as they're not mentioning it, I'm going to go work on other shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's real. The, all, all, like what we were talking about last <laughs> week, like if you want to be in flow state working on music, like there's a lot of shit you got to let sit between the couch cushions. And then if it's important, someone will probably remind you. Like, damn. Thanks, Shoes. Appreciate you, buddy. (laughs) Think of it like that. But it is is kind of a ruthless strategy to be, like, hyper-productive is, like, all of the stuff that matters will resurface in your life one way or another. Like, maybe, maybe it's you didn't pay your taxes and the IRS is like, yo, homie. You didn't pay your taxes. You're like, well, I intentionally didn't do that for 10 years so I could write more music, and now I have the money to pay it. Here you go. <laughs> like, the important shit's going to come back around. Some are going to be worse than others. Most are probably going to be someone like, hey, did you ever do that? And you're like, no, but I will. Definitely now, not. Now that it's important, now that it's really important, I'll do it. Yeah, it it uh, it, it rings true with that. Like, I want to say, like, savage advice of like when people ask you like how do i get more time to do music or how do i get the time to work out or it's just like well you take some shit <laughs> you make a pros and cons list mm. you take some shit and you say well it's been a good ride i can't do this no more and then you take that time and you allocate it to something else and that's just the way it is savagely savagely prioritize it is savage sometimes because you like you got to push things aside in your life to make that time because everybody's got the same 24 hours and you can only neglect sleep for so long so you know if you really want to make something happen you have to like reorganize your priority list and make sure you're hitting the stuff you want to do higher up in that priority list because there's no guarantee especially if you're working a job you know you come home you might knock off one or two things and some days you got the willpower to keep going some days you're just totally done for the day and it's just is what it is it's true burn burnout is real and it's funny how it's funny how the day-to-day burnout is like semi-unpredictable Mm-hmm. Oh, like maybe you had, maybe you polished a bottle of wine off by yourself or maybe two bottles of wine with a significant other that happens frequently. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, fuck, I'm kind of sluggish this morning. Was it the wine or is it just like I'm on an off day? You know, it's like it, that, that kind of shit like weighs on you, like the guilt of unproductiveness, like it weighs on you. But it's also, like I said, very unpredictable. Some days I get, eight hours of sleep, nine hours of sleep. I fucking came prepared. I went to bed at 9.30, motherfucker. I'm waking up at 6 a.m. 
eight and a half hours of sleep and I'm going to fucking destroy this day. And then it's 2 p.m. and I'm like, fuck, I haven't, I didn't get the, I didn't get one thing that was super important to get done done today. What the fuck happened? I got all the sleep in the world and I've just been feeling like a turd all day. I don't get it, you know? That's why I think, in my opinion, it's really important, like, the good days, you got to fucking leverage those. And that's why I also don't get down on myself. If I have eight hours to work on something and say, like, three hours, four hours, five hours of that end up being unproductive, but that there were three hours in there where I was just fucking crushing shit, I'm okay with that. You know, because it's it's tough to be 100 percent productive all of the time. It's, it's almost impossible. Right. But you got to understand at least it's the same thing with like working at like a fucking soul suck job. Probably one hour out of that eight hours where you're sitting at your desk was like really productive. Like you got like 90 percent of the shit done that day that you needed to get done. That was on your to do list that people were expecting of you in one hour. You know? Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bodies are weird, man. I've learned so much about myself since I started living alone. I feel like I don't know if some of the stuff I just had, like family around and my atten- and like dogs and my attention was diverted to multiple places. So I didn't think about some stuff. Uh, I didn't think about certain things as much as I do now. But now I feel like sometimes I can't even tell if I'm run down or if I'm getting sick or whatever, or if I'm just overthinking these things because they're so mild. But then I'm also like, well, your, your human meat suit is literally this like 24 hour a day machine till you croak that's fighting off all these bacteria and doing all these processes and digesting food, like, yeah, food, thinking, you know. Um, creating waste. Well, I said digestion, but whatever. It's doing all these things. It's keep. It, it's uh, you know, pumping your blood. It's whatever. It 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 expends a lot of energy. Is my main point. And I feel like I under either underestimated that as a kid, or my body is notably deteriorated since. Because I'm like, like you said, sometimes you come home and you're like, man. I was so pumped up two hours ago when I was at work, but now I just came home and like, I am useless. Yeah. That is such a thing. Like it's, so my job in my previous life as a robot was, I was, now he's a human. Now I'm a human again with the rest of you humans. Um, and so my schedule was, I had to be at work at six but I was off at three and at one o'clock almost every day after having my cup of coffee after lunch, my caffeine intake was out of control, by the way, I would have like probably like at least one cup of coffee when I showed up to work, another one at like eight or nine. And I definite like this eight or nine was sometimes two thirds of the time after lunch, definitely another cup of coffee or I'm taking a fucking snooze right at my desk. Like, so three cups of coffee, and then if I was working out that day, pre-workout on the way home, and then hit the gym. We're talking, like, fucking four-plus cups of, cups of coffee worth of caffeine. But anyways, <laughs> at 1 o'clock, 
my motivation to get shit done on the list of shit that I had is is bursting the out the seams. Like, fuck, I can't wait to get home. I'm going to fucking hammer this out and this and this and this and this. And then you walk through that door and then all of a sudden it's, ooh, fuck, that couch looks pretty comfortable. I wonder what's on Netflix. We'll just like sit down and just like take a nap for like 10 minutes. Oh. And then then the the funny part is I can convince myself to do that because when I take a 15-minute nap – after work, before working on music, and get up after 15 minutes, whew, productivity through the roof, mental clarity, refresh. to you, sir. The Our naps. The I cannot. Is that to, to, to hold yourself to that, to get up and actually sit down at the desk and start working after 15 minutes is really tough. Throw your phone across the room with that alarm that is full volume. And then even then, you might turn it off and go lie back down on the couch because sometimes your willpower to control your ape is a little lower than usual. What you want to know a power nap hack, though? Yeah, definitely. Don't Please. lay down in bed. Do not lay down on the couch. Lay your ass down on that patch of floor that I can see behind you, Evan, on the carpet. Just lay flat on your back, no pillow, no blanket. Set that 15-minute alarm and just close your eyes and don't move. You probably won't even fall asleep. Just I, I like don't move, don't open your eyes, and then you the alarm goes off and you're like, I'm not comfortable. I'm I'm kind of comfortable, but I'm not, not like comfortable. Yeah. That alarm's annoying. I can see the computer. I might as well get up. If you're in another room on a comfy ass couch, you brought your pillow and blanket, you laid on your side, you got all snuggled in. There's no way you're getting your ass up. You're going to be like, oh, like two more power naps. Just let me hit that snooze a few times. Yeah. And then you're going to be fucked because you're going to be mental fog. You're going to want food. You're going to, yeah, no. I love, I love that idea to actually lie down somewhere uncomfortable. I had read research that if you're going to take a power nap, actually lie down in bed with the lights off because you get, restful sleep i'm the type of person i could i could lie down on the fucking floor and after five minutes i'll probably be dreaming until 15 (laughs) when my alarm goes off and that means it's it is restful sleep but also man that alarm at 15 minutes is like fucking harsh man uh i find they're way worse at 30 minutes i'm yeah, no, I was experimenting for a while. I found that 22 minutes was a sweet spot, but also the margin of error at 22 minutes for me. Snoozing was worse. So between 12 and 15 is not lucid enough that I can force myself to get up and pretty consistently continue working on something. What I found is if I put my phone on the desk in front of my computer with the alarm, and then I'm not sitting at my. I'm not sitting where I can reach. I have to walk over and basically sit down at my computer with my phone to turn it off. All right, I'm already here. I was fucking. Let's, let's let's get into it. And the funny part is, like that mental fog of like just waking up after a power nap seems insurmountable, but two minutes into working on something, and you're like, wow, I feel refreshed. I'm glad that I did that. I'm hammering shit out. Um, so it does work, but I, I really like your tip of just fucking lie down on the floor. I'm going to try that. Lie down on the floor, put my phone on my desk. I got to get up, sit down on my desk, turn the phone off. I'm already here. Better start working. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
You ever do the caffeine nap where you like take the mm. shot of espresso or drink a little cup of coffee and then lay down and set that 15 minute timer. So it hasn't hit you yet when you lay down, but it has fully hit you by the time the alarm goes off and you're like, Oh shit. I am wide awake. <laughs> yeah, I that from one of my homies in college who would set his alarm for 15 minutes before he really had to get out of bed. Fucking the alarm goes off. He's got a five hour energy on top of his phone. <laughs> Crack that shit, chug it, go back to sleep. Doesn't matter when your alarm goes off after that. At some point, you're going to be like, boom, oh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, brother. God, I totally forgot I used to do that in uh, the university days, man. Just put a few caffeine pills on the phone. Man, your caffeine pills never Works. been my jam. I'm, I've always been like either coffee or like go full Red Bull mode. <laughs> See, Red Bull, I can. is too sweet for me. I had a friend actually that, that recommended I start doing that. He would just get chocolate-covered coffee beans from like Bulk Barn. I don't know if you guys got Those that. Those are fucking cracking. I don't know what the fuck a Bulk Barn is, but chocolate-covered espresso beans are good. <laughs> yeah, uh, bulk Barn is just a store where you go to, obviously get everything in bulk. It's literally just like like – bins and bins and bins and bins of like candy cooking like spices or like cooking chocolate or anything you need I mean, the basically name, the in name bulk. Lets me know what it is and it just got bins and scoopers and you scoop out whatever you need into bags and you just buy as much of as you want of like various shit but I yeah bet that he, place he is a great place shit. to be during covid <laughs> <laughs> just bins and scooper everybody grab the same scooper open For this real. big bin breathe well, want, on it i wonder if just they're running put your hand in there and grab your favorites <laughs> a fistful of gummy bears for the road yeah make sure you taste test too so you don't get the bad stuff i mean, love that idea as like a little snack just fucking chocolate covered coffee beans do they have a, a appreciation yeah. with the caffeine in them because it's just the bean not roasted i don't you think you sort of help no they're roasted yeah, I would assume they would be roasted. I'm looking this shit up. They probably wouldn't taste too good otherwise. <laughs> They're oh, 100% roasted. They're not like green coffee, coffee beans. No, like. I know, but like <laughs> the process of grinding the coffee and then running hot water over it is what extracts the amount of caffeine that actually does something to us rather than just eating the bean. I think that you're missing something. Uh, I mean, I got a lot of water in me. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Pretty sure I'm 80, 80% or whatever, right? So a chocolate-covered espresso bean usually contains two to four milligrams of caffeine. An average cup of coffee is 180 milligrams of caffeine. You got to eat 90 fucking chocolate-covered espresso beans to get the same amount of caffeine as a cup of coffee. That Challenge accepted. Yeah, but do you need a whole cup of coffee to wake you up? Yeah. Yes. See, <laughs> see, I'm an addict. Yeah, but I, I also feel like you drink the cup. Like there's like residual effects. It's like when you're taking like multiple bong hits, you got to calculate from like two bong hits ago to be like, all right, should I take, should I continue from here or should I wait a minute? Coffee is like, I feel like halfway through that cup. You're like good, but by the time you wake up, you're gonna drink that other half, you know? 
Yeah, I, I'm going to drink the whole rest of the French press. Yeah, <laughs> and if and if it was a whole big coffee maker pot, I'll just keep pouring it because it's delicious, and I See, I like that stimulant. It turns out I've been really trying to cut or not even cut down on caffeine, but just use it strategically and have off days because I will definitely get to where you are, Luke, where I'm just like having like eight cups a day and I like can't sit still, but each cup I can tell is making me more tired. What's up? I love being that fucking jacked up on coffee where I'm like, my legs are bouncing and shit. I'm just like hammering shit out. Like, See, so do I, but it gets to the point where I'll have a cup of coffee and feel instantly tired. Like I could wake up in the morning and have a cup of coffee and I feel more tired. And then I'll be like, all right, I just need another cup. And then I'll have another cup. And I'm like, man, did today it's, it's 12. Like I'm ready for bed. I've like, heard that that's a function of dehydration. And like, <laughs> it's like, just like, just like when that you drink alcohol, you're, you're actually, even though it's mostly water, you're net dehydrating yourself because you've got to pee so much to get all that crap out of you. Same with a bunch of coffee and caffeine. And so it's like, oh, say something, Evan, so we can see that shit. Um, it's still on me. <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to get both in at the same time. It's cool. <laughs> oh, no, we still don't got you on camera because Tesco is laughing so loud. <laughs> yeah, we'll pin them. We'll pin them. Don't, don't worry about it, guys. Don't worry about me. I'm just getting both the things that I need at this current moment. Just there we go. <laughs> Oh yeah, but yo, so I mean, wake up in the morning and drink some goddamn water. That's what I have to tell myself. Yeah, one of my phone alarms that pops up in the morning literally says, "Get your hydration on." (laughs) So the first thing I read in the morning when I look at my phone just says, "Get your hydration on." Please tell me that with that reminder, you used our rape gravy song as the alarm. I wish I no, really you, should. Oh it's God. not on my phone. It's only on my computer. Oh, no, no. Put it on your phone. Cut it to the part <laughs> where it's the B section. This get your hydration on. Hey, get your hydration on. Oh my God. <laughs> but and send that your hydration on. Yeah, you're the one that sang it, man. I need you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that song was originally. That's that's the second time I've used that little. Diddy. <laughs> there was a whole song like that I wrote in 09 called Get Your Recession On about how how fun it is to go get on food stamps and uh, and buy really cheap beer and drink it at home instead of instead of going to the bar. Oh, that sounds oddly <laughs> applicable. Yeah, it was funny. I, I got worried when I first wrote it that I wouldn't be able to release it fast enough and then I laughed at myself. I was like, ah oh, no, this country's financially fucked for a long time. This song is relevant. <laughs> And hey, here we are again, right back around. History repeats itself with a hey, twist. Tends to do that. It yeah. That. Just remix it every financial crisis. <laughs> I really should bring back 2019 the remix. <laughs> not like, not like anybody outside my circle really even heard that fucking song. I didn't know how to promote myself. <laughs> That's fair. That's yo. Fair. That brings up that brings up a a, a good point is. People thinking that their song is old when it's definitely not because most of the world hasn't heard it. I feel like that happens to a lot of music makers where they'll be like, oh, I don't want to promote that song. That song's old. That shit's tired. And it's like, nah, it's if it was good enough to put out, it's good enough to keep promoting. It's true. 
Man, that song Mo Bamba was the biggest song of like 2018 or 2019. And that dude wrote it a year prior and he just kept pushing it because he knew it was the one. I think Old Town Road too was like a pretty old song, if not a year old. And he just kept pushing because he knew it was the one. And uh, yeah, you bring up a very good point. It's old to you. But what about 99.99999% of the world, even more, that hasn't heard it? And uh, Lizzo's first couple big hits had been out and released for like three years or something I heard before anybody Jeez. heard of them. I even heard uh, whatever that first one was that blew up. It's the name I'm totally blanking on right now. But I heard that one like on Spotify, Discover Weekly, like six months or something before I heard of Lizzo a second time when that song really blew up. I was like, oh, I should follow this artist. She's pretty good. And then all of a sudden, but then I found out, I was like, oh, I guess I got in a little early on that. Turns out, no, that song had been out for like two and a half years before I even heard it. And same with uh, Macklemore, that uh, his his second number one, Can't Hold Us. Because mm. the city can't hold us. That shit had been out. They had been, it had been released. It, it was like they sent it out to the whole email list for free. They were performing it at shows for like over two years before it got re-released as a single and went number one. And they just Man. knew that shit was dope. And they kept writing songs. They kept releasing songs, but they kept pushing that one. And then, yeah. like, oh, it's catching on. Let's make a dope video. The amount of songs TikTok has blown up recently, too, is crazy. Some of those songs are, like, charting or recharting now. And it's like, those those kids didn't grow up in that generation. Or some of them might have, but it was maybe, like, they were in fourth grade and then four years later in eighth grade they came across and they're like oh let me make a little dance to that bam goes viral and now is like the hottest song since it came out crazy to think about yeah so tiktok spying on us even more than the other <laughs> the other oh, apps all more. are <laughs> well it's funded by the communist that? party of uh china so is every Chinese business, though, right? They're all pretty much tied to. I actually, I mean, that's so fair enough. I, I, had, I had been diving further into the TikTok as the devil uh, depths after reading a Reddit post from some guy who re- reverse engineered their algorithm and basically said, you know, they're stealing a lot of important data that they're not telling you about up to maybe including your GPS location if you've tagged a post at a certain place or stuff like that. And then I also read another article today, actually, that was like, you know, I wish some of these people that had evidence against TikTok had stuff to back it up because the one report that everyone, the one real report that everyone cites about TikTok apparently was mainly focused on the fact that the Chinese government and like that, that China is not to be trusted and this company is from China and that they didn't have a bunch of real evidence. And then this Reddit guy that, that reverse engineered their algorithm, everyone's like, holy shit, dude, this is such a revelation. Like, show us your data he's like oh my hard drive like no uh, like i I can't recover any of it like what what someone show your work i need receipts some yeah motherfucker this is a math show me what you got you ain't you ain't (laughs) showing the fucking equations you didn't get there 
I don't know. Like that's I very fully, sketchy. I fully believe that TikTok, based on their own company's responses of being shady, they won't tell you where their headquarters are, or it always changes. They they have like very like they're like they're they're just like God. If they were honest about all this shit, like it would be so much easier. But they're just kind of a, a shell game, you know. And so it's like. I don't know who to trust, especially in the age of misinformation and fucking China is the devil. Do I believe the tech, the sentiment from all these other tech giants like Reddit and Facebook who say TikTok is the devil when it's in their best interest to say so? And then the most damning information against them is also completely there's no data to back it up. Like, fuck, can someone please figure this shit out and let me know? I would like to know whether or not I'm damaging my own ability to fucking function as a normal human in society by having TikTok on my phone. I need to know. I mean, I I, I wouldn't trust like Facebook um, or Instagram, which is an extension of Facebook or Google or any of these other companies just as much as I don't trust TikTok. Like if Facebook and Google yeah, right? have an agenda, why would TikTok not? I don't know. I think – I don't know what it is. Like I don't know if it's legit. Like TikTok is bad enough that like the, all the underground rumors about how shitty it is are true or if it's just like so – millennial gen z focus that and it's like so viral inducing that people just have to assume that since it's from china it's got some fucking thinly veiled guise of being much worse than these other people i mean facebook is not a good organization with your data in any shape or fashion but we don't really talk about that I mean, we kind of do, but nobody wants to get off of it because it's too convenient and too, I don't know, man. I've come to resent social media, so. God, me too, dude. Holy fuck. Even just doing like, like, it's not that I don't care. And I feel like I have some decent content to share about, you know, doing action sports and music and the combination of the two. And here's some stuff coming out. Like, there's some cool stuff that I feel like people might care about but like every time i go to post something it just feels like fucking especially in today's day and age where the whole world is fucked like me posting about some shit that i did that might be cool or might not just feels empty you know yeah and i think it's hard because you have to tread this line of like being up to date with the news and wanting to catch up with other people and you know, promote your own stuff and blah, blah, blah. But definitely like, and we've talked about information diet or media diet last time, but definitely like whatever you expose yourself to is how you start thinking. And if you want to be a music producer, listen to music producers as often as you can. If you want to be an entrepreneur, take in as much of that material as you can. Tune your meat suit radio into that frequency. The thing is, if you're getting all of this stuff being bombarded with stuff you don't care about or like even worse negative news like that shit really weighs down on you more than people think and it's 
weird because there's this underlying sense almost that you're owed that that you owe somebody to reply to their message as soon as possible um or that you're expected to always be kept up with the news 1000 percent and blah, blah blah and it's like at some point you have to realize like every time you do that it comes with some self-sacrifice um of something else you could be doing or not just doing nothing like just being alone by yourself in mental peace like that is equally as important and equally as valid. And I think a lot of the news is just irrelevant to a, a huge majority of us. There's a lot of news that I feel like I could zone out for three months. And if it was that important, somebody at work or a friend or someone would bring it up. All of the other stuff is probably pretty irrelevant to me. Unless you're stock trading or doing something where you need to be aware of every single thing important person X said and what country Y did. And man, it's just too much. Save yourself. Save, save your sanity. So, I mean, like a question I pose to you two is like, what is is the balance for someone like myself who is probably his happiest when he is in the woods completely out of service there's not even a chance i could hop on and and either post or intake information from any of these platforms i fucking love being in that position and so in today's day and age where as a music producer who let's be honest all of us would probably just love to make music and have one outlet in which we gave the final product and then just made more music and didn't have to think about it. Yep. Where do you find the balance for making social media your own and doing it your own way, but also realizing like your natural tendency to either hate it or love it? Um, yeah, man, it's a powerful drug. Uh, it's so easy to get lost in the rabbit hole. And like we're talking about, you know, when you really need to get some other shit done or you need some mental health actually presence in the moment, like you got to get rid of that phone for a while that, you know, it's like, you know, it's like having the bottle of alcohol there. If you're like really trying not to drink and you're just like, Oh, I really, I want to drink and I know I shouldn't drink. And it's just sitting there on the shelf taunting me. You know, it's like, it's, it's so much easier to not fall in that rabbit hole. If you just put that shit away and, I think for any real productivity, like we're talking about, like you got to get that shit out of your life. And I think a healthy balance would be physically on your calendar, scheduling time to be on social media, like from nine to 10 PM or whatever the fuck I am going to show up. I'm going to hit Instagram and do a post. I'm going to check out what's going on on Twitter, be a part of the conversation. I'm going to see if anybody responded to my last Facebook post. And, oh, time's up. Time to get back to actually doing shit I care about. And I think that would be – that's something I've thought about and haven't really, <laughs> haven't really ever gotten <laughs> good about. But that seems like it would be the healthier way. Yeah, but yeah, if you have that level of self-control, for sure. I think, too, man, like, 
And this might not be applicable to a lot of our listeners, especially if you're trying to get your music out there. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to suck my dick here, but I'm not trying to live a balanced life. I don't want to live everything in this sort of middle. I want extreme results. And with that comes extreme action. And for me personally, I've decided, you know, I can't keep feeling accountable to like having to reply ASAP and having to, you know, post regularly. Like if I have something to post, I will. If I'm in a phase where I'm growing my brand, then you make that a priority. But all of the pointless shit, like, like replying to unnecessary DMs or um, you scrolling through your feed, especially like even DMs, like it's good to connect with people if you're not feeling drained from that. But when you're just scrolling or like every notification is, is catching your eye and like bringing you back to the app, like I think that's really, really bad for you. And I think every time you tune in, you're, you're taking away 5% of your focus that would have been spread across the rest of the day. And you're, you're tiring yourself out. The thing people like got to really keep in account is there's nothing in nature that produces that many colors at that frequency at that vibrancy. And so it is very exhausting actually to be on social media that long and to be taking in all of these very, very stimulating posts even if it is just for 15 minutes, four times a day, which more, you know, generally it's not even that it's like 30 minutes, 12 times a day. Right. And so realizing that and, um, you know, go, go extreme with it for a bit, put your phone on grayscale. Um, that's something I found like kept me off my phone. Um, I've also turned off all notifications, check it when I check it. No, like, I think maybe I have it turned on for, I don't even know if I do, man, to be honest. I I know you can get super hyper-specific. I feel like an Instagram notification might pop on here and there, but it's like, I haven't seen one in a while. Like, my DMs are off, my comments are off, my new followers especially are off, my blah, blah, blah is doing a live video. That's off like everything you can think of. Cause the thing is that live video is going to be up for 24 hours. You know, if you really want to see that post, hit the little bell icon on their profile, the DM can wait. Anybody that urgently needs you is going to hit your line. They got your number, everything else, man. Like putting yourself at the task at hand and realizing that this is a very new technology to us and we're meant to physically interact with the world, be out in nature, be focused on one task at a time, like training your brain to do all of those things well again in a society that is starting to lose value in that, I think will keep you sane as a human being and help negate some of that like depression and anxiety and blah blah from just like the wear and tear of everyday life yeah dude turning off my notifications on my phone or even the notifications still like visually come up maybe but like turning off the sounds yes so that if i don't pick up my phone 
I don't think to pick up my phone when I'm not thinking about picking up my phone. Like that changed my life. I did that a few years back and I I've never gone back. Every time I get a new phone, like the first thing I do is like, all right, how do I turn the notification sounds off on this device? That blows my mind that people use sound, uh, sound, uh, whatever, like ringtones and, and beeps and bloops and shit. Like my shit's been on silent the last like three, four years. And it is, the best thing ever and it's always upside down it's always like out of sight unless it's needed at the time and i'm not saying i'm perfect with it i still feel like with all these extreme precautions it still takes more of my energy like iphone sends those um notifications like you've been on your phone two hours this week like that's 40 percent less than last week or you've been up 30 percent since last week and man like I'll get like, you've been on your phone two, three hours today. And I'm like, Jesus, what could I have done with those two, three hours? Like, I feel like that's a lot. And I know there's people on it for six to eight. And so, and there's nothing wrong with that. If, if you need to be on it, that's cool. I would say though, if you're mindlessly scrolling through it, you need to be proactive about implementing like obstacles and roadblocks for you to not do the things you don't want to do. That's been a huge lesson in my life is just realizing, like you said, with the naps or anything, you know, put obstacles in your way to not do the things that you know you shouldn't do because we're all pieces of shit inside when our willpower is out the window. And so if you make it super easy for you uh, to plug in, you got your little comfy spot where your phone, you can plug in your phone and your Doritos bowl is right there. It's like, man, first thing, when you come home from work, that place is looking super comfy. You're going to sit there. Your phone's never going to run out. You got all the stimulation and junk food you need. Like you can't, you can't be doing that. You got to be thinking on that level of how do I make my life willingly harder And then you adjust to that and then that becomes your new norm. And then you think, all right, how do I make it a bit harder? And that healthy pressure and stress upon yourself that you bring upon yourself is exactly what you need to, to continue to grow and move into a positive direction. Yeah. I I fully agree with you guys and like, like implement the exact same things on the intake of social media I want to know I want to know how you balance your upload to social media in an age in which any successful person in the public eye, producer, DJ, you name it, has very consistent social media presence and for someone like myself who and and all of us who obviously all agreed that we're happier if it never even fucking existed. You gotta be, you gotta upload at least. Like, I can't remember the last time I spent fucking 20 minutes just mindlessly scrolling through my feed. But I do stress out and think about, fuck, like, I haven't posted in two weeks or some shit, especially nowadays where it's like, fucking, I probably took like a three month break from posting anything. Like, how do you, how do you, find a balance there like what is necessary i mean i don't think any of us will really ever know but batching but batching batching bro 
that's like goes right along with scheduling like scheduling time to deal with your social media you can schedule the time to schedule out social media posts come up with a bunch of posts one afternoon schedule them all for the next week or two and then go back to your real life and you know that we're talking about hacks this episode like that like Okay, it's the Human Music Podcast. We're humans. We talk about human music. But there's a lot of fucking useful robots in this world. And if we're not utilizing the robots that we have available, that's on us. Like, uh, you know, there's there's a bunch of free things. You know, there's, like, free versions of, like, uh, Hootsuite or Buffer or whatever, like, these different programs that you can just upload a whole bunch of posts, schedule them out. And, and set it and forget it. And then you've got engaging content popping up where other people are looking for that and don't have a music career to think about. They just want to find new music. And thank God you're uploading your shit so they can find you. And 100%. so it's like, how can you make these robots work for you? Like, are there any, are there any kind of, you know, those kind of schedulers, machines, hacks, software that you guys have found that are like, that have been helpful for you? Well, I hear Instagram particularly has been shadow banning people for uploading outside of their app or their website. And obviously you can't schedule on there, which is sort of tricky. Mm. Um, Definitely, like, setting aside the time to schedule it. I think it's also a lot more inspiring to do and easier said than done for sure. It depends sort of where you are. If it's just like a random day-to-day post, then, yeah, post it when it happens. Have that genuine content. But if you're pre-planning content, I think a lot of people get stuck Because, and I was at this place for a long time too. I I felt this like overwhelming, like burden of like, oh my God, I need to think of one post and then I need to think of another post and then another after that. And then times 12 or whatever for the next, however long. But when I started to see it as, you know, this post is a, part of a story that leads into this post, which is a part of a story that leads into this post. Same with your music, uh, whether it's your songs or your projects or whatever, when you start to see them as chronological pieces in this story, you can actually like take 10 steps back and look with this, uh, look with this insight and be like, Oh, okay. This doesn't need to be this crazy, like, thought out post here that tells people all the things I'm going to talk about this thing next week. So I'm going to just briefly touch up on that this week. And then week three, I'm going to talk about something different and how week one and two relate to that, you know, and when you're coming up with these posts in advance, you have that luxury of just type out, your long caption or make your six photos all at once or whatever, whatever. And then you could chunk that off even further. And now you can make this one, you know, seven sentence caption into seven different posts. Yeah. 
uh, you know, similar to that, I've heard like of bands that would like, they'd play one show, hire a photographer to be there for that show and give them a batch. So maybe they get like 50 sick photos that they like out of the however many hundreds that got, that got flicked. And then you just schedule those posts out to drop like once a day from that one show. You got all these different, oh, here's one of the drummer. Here's one of the guitar player. Here's one of all of us. Here's one of the singer right up on the mic. You know, here's one of the crowd. Like, and the point of this social media is just to, it's like brand recognition. It's the people that already cared enough to hit follow get to see you again and again and you stay in their minds. And that like that brings us to, so that you know kind of closes up like batching and you know getting you know more mileage out of one thing like you said I love that if if you've got a whole you know paragraph to post post one sentence at a time as a little text picture and and then you can somebody can see this whole thing go on when they hit your profile that's dope you know and but like what's the strategy and what's the point behind your posting is another you know is another good you know, thing to think about, like, do you have a release coming? Well, then all your posts should be that the release is coming. Is the release out? Then you should make a bunch of posts that the release is out. Are you kicking it and on vacation and just show people that you're a real human and hang out at the beach sometimes? Not that this is the best era to do that. (laughs) Secluded beach. (laughs) Yeah. Secret beach. Secret beach. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I definitely, the the Instagram scheduling or just post scheduling in general is something I've hopped on recently and found really helpful. Um, so it doesn't take away the stress of mm-hmm. having to plan out coherent, relevant content. But do you guys think there will ever be a day in today's society in which someone could be successful and not have social media accounts? There are people currently. Like who? Uh, I don't know. I just in, are any are of people. them, were any of them successful, not successful before social media? Like Jay-Z doesn't need to be on Facebook telling people to listen to Jay-Z songs because he's been famous for 24 years. Mm-hmm. You know, Is like... The person that that blows off off it but the thing is too not to think of it as like a do i need it you don't need anything besides the music the thing is you know some people play the lotto once and win some people play a lifetime and never win but and the lotto's maybe not the best example but the thing is how much are you willing to sacrifice to increase that chance of you getting quote unquote lucky like if you never quit there is still a chance that you will never make anything of yourself in the industry that you want to be a part of but the more you invest the more you put into it the bigger your slice of wheel in the spinning wheel of life gets and the bigger your chances of something landing on it are and so you have to think of each post as potentially gaining you one new fan, best case, zero can't fans, worst case, and anything more than that is just like a cherry on top. It is a slow game. You need to be thinking of it that way and not expecting like any one post to 
blow you up because it's the post that you don't think that'll blow you up that will blow you up that is that seems to be true like you know there's true with songs yeah i mean that that leads to some some good things too like you know what we're talking about strategy like i think most musicians strategies are terrible I know I have definitely been in that camp and I finally started to realize like, Oh, maybe I should go like study people who are doing this well successfully and figure out what they did and try and find out why the fuck that even worked because there's so much, there's so much bullshit and you know, like people forget about the whole business side of the music business and like, I make music. And then I like tag 99 people on a Facebook post. Like everybody listen to my shit. And they're like, who are you again? And then they're like, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. I don't care. I don't want to be here. And so it's like, what, what's the strategy? Like I was hearing uh, this thing, uh, uh, Indiepreneur, uh, Indiepreneur.io is a website. I, I was checking out their, uh, their intro course called the buddy system and in the buddy system they teach you like basically there are clear steps when you're meeting a human that gets you like closer and closer to that person towards a friendship or a relationship of any type and if you skip steps when meeting people that is assault you know like yeah. they like whether it's just like emotional verbal assault or getting past that, like you don't want to skip the steps, but online, so many musicians try to skip all the steps and it's like, Hey person, I don't know. Support me. Listen to my shit. Take time out of your day. Give me money where it's like, wait, why? But why do they care? Why they don't care? Like if, you know, if somebody's your diehard fan, all you have to do is like new shit and they're all over it that's a hot audience. They want to support already. You know, that's like people who are signed up for your email list voluntarily. Stop, stop doing it the other way. Uh, you know, people, people who are following you on multiple networks who have, who have subscribed to you on Spotify and want to make sure they get every update. Like you were saying, they hit that little bell notification so that when you get a new video up on YouTube, it pops right into their feed. Like those people Hey guys, listen to some new shit. But if so many people are like advertising to cold, completely cold audiences, meaning they have no idea that you exist and didn't care if you existed. But to get to people like that, it's a completely different strategy. They have to feel like this was an organic introduction. And that's why there's certain types of videos that, that work way better for that. Like, in in this course the buddy system they're talking about how it's more about like something that kind of puts you in touch with the humanity of this person that's why i say it's like a singer songwriter somebody like jamming a live heartfelt raw version with like vertical phone where they just like leaned their phone against the you know against their laptop and jammed out on their guitar and sang and like People are like, oh, damn, it felt like organic to the platform. I connected with it because they just started singing without a bunch of bullshit. It wasn't this high produced music video that I didn't relate to or know why I was watching. Or, you know, like if it's something funny that shows your personality and then somehow lets them know you exist. And then like we're talking about using machines. Like, for example, if you're advertising on Facebook, you can target an audience like, oh, my sound is like insert X artist over here. I'm going to target 
in general, people that live in this country who like that artist and nail it down to like a couple of million potential people. And then most of those people are going to scroll right by your video, but a percentage of them are going to watch and be like, okay, add two. I'm the first one is like, Hey, look, I exist. And you'll probably want to watch this because it's more engaging. Add two is like, Hey, anybody that watched 50% of the last ad, I'm going to show this ad to. And it's like, you know, people talk about funnels. It's like, it starts out wide at the top. Hey, a lot of people can see this, but most of them aren't going to go further down the funnel and it's going to get smaller and smaller. And you want to eliminate the people that don't give a fuck about what you're doing so that you're really nailing it down to this core group of people that really like what you're doing. And then you know who they are and Facebook knows who they are and you can retarget and make what's called a lookalike audience off of the real actual people who really actually fuck with your music and then be like, okay, cool. Now Facebook, go look for people that on paper and based on their online, you know, history and, and behaviors act and look like these folks here. It's like, oh, people who like my music are in their 20s and from the West Coast and really dig Bob Marley or whatever, right? Like, oh, those are the people that Facebook is going to go look for now to show that first ad to. And hopefully you get a better percentage of people that watched more than half of the video to show ad two to. And you, and you like hopefully spiral in a good direction, spiral upward with that. I love all of that. I just want to preface that with two things. Um, first off, there's no getting around building genuine connections with people. And in the beginning, connecting with people one-on-one, you're not going to be able to do these massive grabs where you get a hundred fans at once. If they don't see that somebody else isn't rocking with you. And so there's, there's a book I read called crossing the chasm, which is about like startup companies, but I think it's very applicable in music. And basically it has this like bell curve distribution and it's cut into four parts. And it talks about that small sliver at the beginning is like the, the visionaries. They're the ones actively seeking out new music. They're the ones that are like really into the indie or underground scene. They're the ones that just get super stoked to, to find a new artist when they're small. That's like 5%. Then you have the 45, which is like the first like big boost in fans. And they really like good new music, but they need to see some social proof behind it before they get into that. And so they almost need to be told in a sense, but they're still accepting of like new forward music, right? Then you have the second 45% and they're like the followers. They, they want to know that an artist is good already and that they can go to massive concerts and do all these things. And so they're looking at that first 50%. And those are the fans that you're going to get when you're like already established in your career, touring, whatever, whatever. And so there's that 5% left at the end. These are all the people that are going to find out about you when your career is done, when you've died, whatever, whatever. So they're not Have you heard so of Led relevant. Zeppelin? They're amazing. <laughs> exactly. And so there, there are still new Led Zeppelin fans being gained every day. It's just that sliver is super tiny. 
Um, and so you cannot skip that step of giving a shit about other people. That's just the way it is. You need to find artists who you also believe in, who are in a similar stage. Don't bullshit yourself because I'm going to get to point two. Everybody echoes the music has to be there. But the point is you need to come up with somebody. People are always associating an artist with like one or two other artists that they're coming up with. And those artists are generally touring together. They're supporting each other's shit. They're collaborating, whatever, whatever. So find people you believe in, create close relationships with them, do accountability meetings, right? Do something to keep you all in touch so that you could grow and learn off each other and help each other pool together fans. Now, the second thing is everybody says, the music's got to be there. The music's got to be there. I know people are like desensitized to this idea, but I'm going to say that's an extension of, you know, you can't look at somebody like, like Travis Scott and be like, yo, I'm just going to marry a billionaire and uh, I'm going to release the hottest album. Or you can't look like, you can't look at a Kanye and be like, oh, I'm just going to be like super innovative and make like a sneaker company and, think about running for president and all the other crazy <laughs> shit he does. It's like, you have to look at where, what they were doing when they were where you are now. That's making the thing. five beats a day for three summers. I deserve to do these numbers. Dude, fire. <laughs> and, and that's exactly what he did. He wasn't like being overly rambunctious on social media or trying to start the sneaker company then, or doing this or that. It was all about the music when they had something to present, then they were actually getting out there more, built up that fan base, then they worked on more music, whatever, whatever, right? You, you, you take it step by step. You can't look at somebody like that and be like, oh, I want to be like Kanye or, oh, I want to be like uh, Ill Gates or I want to be like whoever and then be like, I'm just going to look at their page right now and see what they're posting and recreate that. You Like Gordon Ramsay who fuck Gordon Ramsay, first of all, makes his living being a dick to people, uh, but he could not be oh, a dick to like people. Him. I know people like him. I fucking <laughs> hate him for that. And and that's the He's thing. Polarizing. People, exactly. But that's would important. he be polarizing if he had no fan base and he would just being a dick to people? No, people would be like, dude, who's, I don't like this guy. I don't want him around. But the fact that his videos get millions of views and people are like, yeah, be a piece of shit to that fry cook. Fuck him, right? It's just like seeing all these other people behind the hype train of Gordon Ramsay makes it more acceptable. Otherwise, you strip all that back and you realize like, oh, it's like this dude's just unlikable. Like he's hard to get along with. Very disagreeable. That's pretty funny. You know, uh, you mentioned something a minute ago. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on all that. Um, but you mentioned something a minute ago that caught me. I wanted to circle back to is like when you're in that like stage that probably most of the people that listen to us are trying to get that first 5% of fans that are looking for new music to give a shit about you as an artist. You, we talked about social media. Go be social. Like, yeah, okay. By the time you're Travis Scott, you don't have time to reply to every tweet mention for sure. Cause there's like a thousand a minute, but when you are you now and somebody cares about what you're doing now, you better go respond. Thank the shit out of that person. Send them a DM, like 
send them, ask them if you can help them out or if they want anything. Like, you know, speaking of which, new podcast here, guys. If you guys have any comments or things we need to cover on the show, definitely let us know because we will. We're here for you. If you're listening to this right now, we are here for you. We fucking love you. Thanks for paying attention. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, you know, like if, if you hit us up on SoundCloud DMs with a question, I will personally answer that question right now. I will bring it up to the guys on the podcast. That's what half of last week's episode was, you know, like, and that's the point. Like my, my homie Siz from I Standard and Bounce Gang, he says, y'all all want to be on social media, but you don't want to be social. Like, show up. There's people there. That's the whole point. Just putting your shit out there and being like, yo, I did shit is one phase of it. But if people comment or share it or like it, holler at those people. If you post, you know, if you post something on your Facebook business page and somebody reacts at all, even if it's the angry face emoji, they're now on a list where you can click through and invite them to like your page. <laughs> you know, like least you could do, you know, like if they write a comment, God damn it. Comment back. If they send you a DM, send a DM back, like talk to them. If you get so famous and so busy that so many people are hitting you up that you literally can't cool. You surpassed the need for this part of this conversation by the way now you got that you got that music money hire like a social media person to to answer all your dms for you i can't or or a chat robot you know buy a chat robot because those things work pretty well (laughs) for real i just wanted to show the cover really quick just to give people a visual but this is what it looks like and that's sort of that initial first part we can ignore that because they were talking about investors, but this is your initial fan base that you really need to be building those personal connections with. And, and not only having them engage with your life and care about you, but you also really need to care about them and, and, and know who they are and why they like your music for what it is. And you need to be replying to their comments and their DMS when they message you, because this, this group is looking at this group for social proof. This group gets off on finding you. For anybody who is listening to this on audio version, he's, it's a callback to when he talked about the book called crossing the chasm about the bell curve of fans that come in early and there's a picture of that bell curve. And there is a chasm between like the early adopters and that next 45% of people that come in once they're social proof. But I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you slightly on a point. Uh, you said, ignore that first little slice. There's a, there's a very thin slice at the very beginning that well, apparently I would combine investors. That is you. You are the investor. Invest the shit out of your time if you don't have money. If you have any money to put behind your music career, God damn it, invest that. I mean, you already bought a laptop. You bought Ableton or some shit. You bought some sample packs. Awesome. Good start. Once you got some music out, invest in a distribution company. Once you got distribution, invest in marketing. If you don't have the money to put behind it, any marketing at all or any strategy to your music, you are throwing it into the void. You are peeing in the ocean and not even like a big pee, just like a little trickle. You didn't really have to go. Like, you know, like I think it would be better to like sit on the music for a minute until you had like a little stack of releases to put out and like 
during that time, specifically save small, frequent amounts of money where you can set aside, even if you're setting aside like five bucks a week, that's just going to add up to something you can start. And I encourage you to find more money than that. Like, you know, what, like, did you really need that beer at the bar after work? Or could you just drink a water with your homies? Did you even need to go to happy hour? Or could you have gone straight home and made music after work? Like, did you need to buy lunch for 20 bucks or could you have packed it from shit you already bought at the grocery store? Like rethink how you use your money and think about like, what's my real goal in life is my goal to have the money so I can spend it on shit that goes away today. Or is my goal to invest in myself and my music business and my life that I want to lead? It's a very good point, Luke. Uh, I think that's a really fucking fantastic way to bring this whole conversation full circle is that you need to 100% invest in yourself. You need to invest in your ability to maintain focus on things by turning all the other shit off. You need to invest in yourself to put the effort in to make the small connections with other people. You need to invest in yourself monetarily to make sure that your music project has the greatest chance of success, you need to do all of the things that take invested efforts in order to make this shit work. So I, I love that point. And thank you all for joining us on another beautiful episode of the Human Music Podcast. Hey. Woo! Thank I just you. want to say one thing. I'm sorry, but to really drive it home, something I always think about that I've stuck to has been this idea of you are always sacrificing. And if you want to go out for happy hour, it's not a matter of sacrificing happy hour for music. You're either actively or passively sacrificing. And if you go out for happy hour, you are sacrificing music for happy hour and there's nothing wrong with that but have the self-awareness to know what level you want to get to and act accordingly that's it absolutely amen operate your meat suit (laughs) (laughs) control your ape (laughs) invest in yourself and hack your life yeah, let us know in the comments if you want control your ape t-shirts or something (laughs) (laughs) i rock (laughs) (laughs) Just to remind myself that I need to do that shit every time that I look in the mirror. For real. I love all of you guys and gals and good humans Peace. in general. Peace. Peace. Peace and love. Peace among worlds. Hey. Uh, peace among worlds. <laughs> Deuces. I like it. What's up, humans? Thank you so much for listening to the Human Music Podcast. We appreciate you. Please remember to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and a review. You have no idea how much this helps other producers like you find this community. We'll be back at you every Tuesday right here with a new episode. Thank you so much and peace among worlds. I like it.